Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. Thank you for joining us. We are still in Genesis 6. We're talking about the fallen sons of God in this very brief passage in Genesis chapter 6, which of all passages in the Old Testament regarding protology and its relation to eschatology. Protology is what's at the beginning. Eschatology is what is at the end. And as Jesus said in Matthew 24, 37, as were the days of Noah, that's protology, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. That's eschatology. And the days of Noah, what was going on in the days of Noah, which brought the great judgment, it's our passage right here in Genesis 6, the first half dozen verses. Just to repeat, the sons of God, and I've been arguing that these are fallen angels. There's not many people today in the speaker circuit, Catholic scripture scholars, broadcasters who take this position, but it's a very ancient position as well as it was a Jewish position. Uh, but the sons of God, the fallen angels, saw that the daughters of men were fair, and they took to wife such as of them as they chose, the Nephilim, which were the hybrid giants, were on the earth in those days. Those were the offspring of these fallen sons of God. And it says these were the mighty men in the Septuagint, the Old Testament Greek translation. It says these were the giants of old, the men of renown. And as a result of this activity, God looked down and the wickedness of the earth was just widespread. It had infected the entire world. In a certain sense, what, what went on with sin in the garden has now expanded to the whole world. And particularly, it was the effect of these fallen angels and we read in that extra-biblical work, First Enoch, that they were introducing practices and teaching mankind things that really God didn't intend for them to know, but as a result, wickedness spread on the earth. Now, in the previous two episodes, I've given you five explicit scripture references showing that Genesis 6 is referring to fallen angels. I'm going to give you the number six explicit reference, and I think it's a very strong one that would weigh very heavily. Are, are, are we talking here about fallen angels marrying women? You say, well, that's disgusting. Well, it is. God brought a flood on the world because of it. Um, but the point being, or is this just intermarriages between a godly and ungodly lines? Well, the Septuagint, which I mentioned just a moment ago, was the Greek translation of the Old Testament, originally written in Hebrew, put into Greek. But if you were reading the Old Testament as a Christian in most parts of the Roman Empire, throughout the early centuries of the church, you would be reading the Septuagint. That would be your Old Testament Bible. And if you're reading the New Testament, when it 
cites an Old Testament scripture passage, extensively those citations are based on the Septuagint translation. If the Apostle Paul went around the Roman Empire uh, declaring Christ from the Old Testament scriptures, predominantly he would be using the Septuagint. And in let's bring this right home. If you were a Christian in the early church and you read Matthew 24, verse 37, where Jesus says, as were the days of Noah, you were reading it in a Greek manuscript, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. And let's just say you were a early Christian, you're reading a Greek manuscript, and you read Matthew 24, and you think, well, I wonder what the days of Noah would like. So you know this was in Genesis. You flip around a little bit. You get to Genesis 6, and again, now we're reading Genesis 6 in the Septuagint, the Greek translation. And without a doubt, in the Septuagint, Genesis 6 is referring to the angels because this is how it's translated. It says, when the sons of God, that's the RSV, saw the daughters of men. In the Septuagint, it says, when the angels of God saw the daughters of men. In other words, it did an interpretation for you in the Septuagint, the Bible of the early church, the Bible of the St. Paul, the Bible that was used for New Testament citations predominantly says in Genesis 6 and verse 2, the sons of God, it says, angeloi or angels of God. And that's about as clear as you get. And a lot of um, commentaries, which I've seen, Catholic commentaries showing uh, both views, sometimes skip over that fact. All right, let's go to some other implications and references that maybe aren't quite as explicit, but are quite telling. We can learn a lot from. In First Chronicles 20, when's the last time you read First Chronicles? It's not a book of the Bible. A lot of people read a lot, but in verse 4 of First Chronicles 20, we have an account. It says there were war with the Philistines, and one of David's men slew one of the descendants of the giants. Now, remember in Genesis 6, 4, when it talks about the offspring of these unions, illicit unions between fallen angels and women, their offsprings were giants in the Septuagint again. So we find in 1 Chronicles 24, one of David's men slew one of the descendants of the giants, and the Philistines were subdued. But it popped up again, the next verse. And there was again war with the Philistines, and another of David's men slew the brother of Goliath, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Now, I looked up some commentaries. How long was a weaver's beam? And I couldn't get anything definite. Let's just say it was long and big. It was a huge spear. And it's very interesting. This was Goliath's brother, who obviously was also a giant. And describing his spear is the exact description used in 1 Samuel 17 of Goliath's spear. Now, this is very important because David and Goliath is, is about 
David Goliath, obviously, but a lot more. We'll get there in just a second. Now, still in 1 Chronicles 20, there was war again at Gath, and there was a man of great stature, another giant, who had six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot, 24 in number, and he also was descended from the giants. He was a mutant. There was genetic engineering, so to speak, demonic genetic engineering going on in Genesis 6 and following because the unholy land, when um, Joshua led the people in there and then after the defeat of most of the Canaanites, there were still pockets, pockets of the giants left, particularly around Gath. That's when it says there's war in Gath, and this is where we meet another mutant, and says that where, where were these descendants with this guy with six fingers, six toes on each foot? They were descendant, descended from the giants, okay? Now, we're going to go to 1 Samuel 17, and we read, there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath, of Gath. Gath was a cesspool of mutant giants left over from Genesis 6. And David is a prefiguring of Jesus coming to defeat the enemies of God. And who were uh, represented by Goliath? The giants these wicked offspring who had corrupted the earth that God had to bring about the flood and kind of almost start again with humankind. So it was the giants left over at Gath, David and Goliath, prefiguring what Christ would be doing. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of uh, citations uh, from early church fathers as well. Justin Martyr, very early church father, in his second apology, he was an apologist, chapter 5, said, quote, but the angels transgressed this appointment and were captivated by love of women and begat children, and besides, they afterwards subdued the human race to themselves. They were the leaders, they influenced the culture, and we'll talk about this perhaps in a future episode, but the Babylonian culture, the non-Israelite history, saw these fallen angels as something really good and their influence as something wonderful and attribute their advanced culture to that. Well, they were taught things they weren't supposed to know and whatnot. But in any case, this is Irenaeus against heresies, a very famous work in the early church. He says, the angels who transgressed and became apostates. God manifested long suffering in regard to the apostasy of the angels who had transgressed. And then Tertullian, this is very interesting, early church father. There are the carcasses of the giants of old time. It will be obvious enough that they are not absolutely decayed, for their bony frames are still extant, even lately in this very city. So in other words, Tertullian's saying, you know, we have evidence in the bones that the giants from of old 
were here. And there's only one way where you kind of come up with all this. It goes right back into Genesis chapter 6. And finally, Josephus Antiquities chapter 3 and verse 1. For many angels of God accompanied with women and begat sons that proved unjust, and despisers of all that was good, on account of the confidence they had in their own strength. For the tradition is, these men did what resembled the acts of those whom the Grecians called giants. And the Greek mythology is based, it is mythology, but it is based on something. And the great leaders of old in the ancient Near East, some of them were the giants, because if you engage in warfare, you end up becoming a conquering leader. And if you're bigger than anybody else and stronger than anybody else, well, you tend to dominate other people. And of course, this is part of ancient mythology in Greece as well as in the ancient Near East. And we're finding through recent studies in the ancient Near East, I'm talking things as recently discovered as 2011, that we are finding that the exact same story as Genesis 6, except it's flipped. Whereas Genesis 6 says what went on with these fallen angels was so wicked that God brought the judgment of the flood. He brought the sternest judgment he's ever made on this earth to date. And yet the Babylonians saying, this is wonderful. This is great. And this is where you have the two versions of the same account. I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening to episode 221 of Luke 21 Radio. Hope you join us next time because we're going to draw a pretty important conclusion to what we've been studying. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.